0: i'm sarah and i'm helen and this is a squiggly careers podcast every week we take a different topic to do with work and we try to share some ideas and tools that we hope will help you and it always continues to help us navigate your squiggly career with that little bit more confidence clarity and control
1: and we should say happy new year to we everybody Happy, new, happy do you think there's people listening to this for the first time because they're like new year's resolution is like i'm gonna well, invest- listen to a podcast or invest in my development well both I mean both yeah <laughs> that's probably why they're listening to this but welcome if you are if you are new to the world of squiggly careers welcome welcome so we have about 370 episodes yeah. to catch up on <laughs> happy 2024 I feel like that is a really positive thing like we should be really proud of that but whenever we say it, I'm like that just seems overwhelming yeah like, it does you can use the search functionality on our website to look for topics I mean, or mean not you... <laughs> that's a that's a kind of objective for us this year to kind of improve it doesn't that doesn't
0: work that well so well, it,
1: it just comes up with a lot so it's a bit of a filter but probably not the most effective if you are thinking ah where do I start maybe send us a message either on LinkedIn we've got an at amazing if page on LinkedIn or on Instagram or just email us Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com and if you give us like the oh I'm looking for some help in we can give you a little sort of squiggly career playlist to get you started. And before we get into the topic for today's episode, Sarah and I are recording together in lovely London, which is slightly noisy today. There is somebody doing some renovation right now, uh, drilling in the background. So if you can hear that, we apologise, but we're just trying to keep it real. We know we don't do stuff in fancy studios. No. <laughs> we We kind of bring our microphones wherever we go and try and record when we can. Apologies for the noise if you can hear any.
0: So today we're going to be talking about how to grow your role. And in some ways, this is a little bit sort of anti new year, new you, you know, I think you get to January and there's loads of articles and people talking about whether it's career change or new job. And I think sometimes it creates an unrealistic pressure on like thinking, oh, I need to do more or do something different. But I think for the majority of us, realistically, we're going to keep doing the same job. (laughs) Um, And that isn't to sound demotivating or to be like, oh, okay, well, oh, just more of the same. I think actually thinking about, okay, well, I'm going to be in this role probably for this year, more likely than not. How do I actually make the most of it? And one of my favorite bits of career advice is never live the same year twice. And so even though I think you can do the same role on paper, or certainly if you just looked at the title, and we always say you want to think more about talents than titles, you can always be thinking about, well, how do I grow? How do I progress? how do I make sure that I am fit for both doing a brilliant job today, but also fit for the future? So we just thought it was a probably a very pragmatic and practical take to start the new year. Everybody else is like offering all these like shiny promises. We're like, no, no, we're just going to hope you'd
1: be better at your job today. Let's <laughs> just be a bit squiggly and sensible about all this yeah <laughs> so, and I'm like the good news is that we're not saying you can't like look for a new role but I think this does give you a bit more control because as soon as you kind of go oh moving is the best thing for me to do for my development you suddenly introduce a dependency which is there has to be a new opportunity for you to move into and that can feel quite frustrating if you can't see it whereas what we're saying is At the very least, try to grow your role so that in the job that you're in today, you will have new experiences and you'll stretch your strengths a new way and you'll kind of learn more. And worst case scenario, you don't see this other thing you'd like to do. That's not a bad outcome from the work that you're doing on a day to day basis.
0: And it sort of makes sense if you connect the dots, if you do a really brilliant job of your day job if you do want to progress into a different role, if you do want to transfer your talents, that's also much more likely to happen. So I do feel like you win in every way here. And it's easy actually to get distracted by, oh, I want a new job or I want a promotion or I want to move into a manager role. But it's just, I think always important not to forget like where you are in the here and now. So we thought we'd start with five coach yourself questions, which Helen and I will chat through a little bit as well in terms of what they mean for us, just to get you thinking about the year ahead. And then we've got three ideas for action about how to grow your role. So coach yourself question number one. What strengths would you like to use more in the job that
1: you do today? Helen, talk to me. Oh, what strengths would I like to Well, we often talk about my kind of prototyping strength. I would like a little bit more, it's sort of headspace and diary space. Like it's play space. Nice. I feel like I'm good at prototyping when I've got time to play. And, um, and it, it creates new tools for us. So I'd quite like to... Have some play days. That would be fun. <laughs> um, and I see that you're, you're very good at that. And it also adds a lot of
0: value to other people, but to us as a whole. You know, when you have, this, when you have the space to do that, it's almost interesting, isn't it? You know, when you're, like, when you're not doing it, it's almost a bit of a red flag for, can I be at my best if I'm not dot, dot, dot? Like, what yeah. does that look like for you? And prototyping is definitely one of those. So coach, have question number two. What could I try for the first time? So this is about being a beginner. I actually heard this described recently as a sort of an amateur mindset and actually how helpful it is to come at things with fresh eyes, to be doing things that you've not done before, but to not feel like, oh, you've got to change roles to make this
1: happen. So Helen, what do you want to try for the first time in 2024? But It's probably some things in our sessions. So we a lot of the time for Sarah and I is spent working with companies delivering career development programs, which we absolutely love. But I would like to probably experiment a little bit with how we deliver some of those, whether that's bringing some sort of AI into it or whether it's bringing. I just think there's some really interesting tech that could make our sessions even more interactive. And like there's some things that we're already talking about, about how we can link like live learning to things that people can refer back to. And so I'd just like to play with some of that with a very low pressure of it actually working just have a go. Play seems to be a theme for me.
0: Yeah, interesting. Mm. What would you
1: like to try for the first time?
0: And actually, I was thinking about, you know, well, you've tried and failed before. So uh, I was also thinking about uh, the workshops that we do, because that is where we spend um, lots of our time. And I like the idea of integrating music, mm. and movement and drawing and kind of mind maps to have three M's. Music, movement and mind maps. Because I said sort of no... I intuitively and instinctively know that each of those things work in terms of making learning last and kind of creating energy and they kind of get our brains all kind of sparky and connecting and I've dabbled with them but never intentionally enough (laughs) funnily enough one point I did try to put some music into a session and then realized I'd gone on mute so (laughs) that I was quiet for everybody else but obviously that then meant they couldn't hear the music so I was like how was the music? And they were like, but you're on mute. I was like, all oh, right, yeah, like, really embarrassing. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm going to play some music. And I think, like, revolutionary thing. and you know, you always just have that, a bit of a fear of when you know something works well as it is, it always feels quite hard to yeah. change it up. Yeah. So I think, you know, we've talked before about safe testing, you know, start with a trusted group of people. So it's interesting that we both kind of went to the same place, but probably maybe we should combine our different sorts we
1: probably should or our workshops are going to look really really random random. if you go to Sarah's you're going to be dancing and drawing (laughs) and if you go to mine I'm just going to be throwing loads of tech at you to do so question three
0: who could I talk to who does the same role as me but in a different company and the reason we think this will help you to grow your role is firstly when you talk to someone in a different industry that's doing something similar-ish doesn't need to be the exact same job title I think you spot opportunities to do things that perhaps you hadn't considered or they are approaching things in a new way so you can essentially borrow some brilliance i mean there's an extra upside i think when you do this you always get a bit of empathy because you're like funnily enough you could be working in the charity sector and in a bank and you start talking about your role and you realize you perhaps have more in common than you thought you would have and so that that can just feel quite reassuring but in terms of actually growing your role i think I've spent a bit more time last year talking to people who run their own companies and that wasn't something I'd done before. So doing a similar role, probably founders who run their own company. And you do start to spot opportunities to grow yourself, to grow how you're spending your time. And they just give you, I think, a different
1: lens on what growth could look like for you. So our fourth question is, what would be an ambitious goal to achieve in my role? I found this one quite an interesting one, quite like, I was trying to have like, twist my head around or what do I think could be really like useful to do but probably would take a bit of effort to make it happen I think that's the thing like it's got to kind of be valuable for your company but then something that's maybe kind of too hard to do today and I was thinking something you know we've talked before about spending more time in companies like on almost on a succumbent basis like and I was thinking oh I'd love to do Some kind of like a squiggly career safari, but within other companies. So, you know, like I've got like six days that I could spend in other companies, just getting a little bit closer to what are some other challenges like culturally from a career perspective do a bit of kind of listening in a company and learning I think that that feels quite ambitious because I don't know I don't know many people that do that kind of thing I don't know many companies that let you in as well for that but I think it could be really really valuable for learning and sort of using that learning to evolve how we help that's mine what what would yours be
0: mine was sort of similar around like Safaris, but I was actually physically thinking about going to a different country. Oh, country, so I'm going to a your company. You're uh, going yeah, to a country. I was going to a country, you're going to a company. <laughs> so I was thinking a lot of how we are growing is less about the sort of the country that we both live in and is more about people who are interested in developing their careers. And I think spending time in different countries with different cultures and, and sort of being on the ground, I think you do get a different feel for what matters, what's important probably some nuances that you couldn't anticipate. I saw an email that we had where someone sort of said uh, about a workshop that people were interested in in New Zealand. And I think we might intuitively go, oh, well, no, we could do that virtually because it'd be more efficient. And you, you can't help but kind of have that productivity mindset some of the time. Whereas actually I was thinking, maybe we also we need to sort of say yes to some of those things, even though they might be sort of less efficient and more time consuming, because I think you get added value from other conversations and people and I did it a little bit last year not not very much but I do really remember I mean I didn't go very far I went to Geneva which is like an hour (laughs) but uh the culture of that company was very different I would say to some British companies the people that I was spending time with asked me very different questions and I was like oh okay this is just interesting and insightful and to your point about being useful I felt like I could then be more universally useful because I'd spent time there and so yeah I think yeah mine was more about
1: actually kind of going to different places. We should, we should have like a mutual objective next year with Squiggly Career Faris, like both of us. I feel like we could hold each, other, hold each other accountable for it. Coach yourself, question number five. What are my company's priorities and problems where my skills would be most useful? The point of this one, this was, I was Sarah and I were talking, like, how would we grow our <laughs> roles? What would we do? And we realised that Sarah and my approach is slightly different. And my immediate one was like, I would map the organisation, the different departments. You were doing lots of
0: matrices, obviously, weren't you?
1: Obviously, matrices and maps always. I'd be like... What are all the different functions? Who are the priority people? What are their problems? And how can I help? Because I think I'm quite um, sort of strategic about how relationships and opportunities can help me to grow a role but that's exactly what I do I'd literally get a pen and paper I put me my team my department in the middle I would put all the functions in the team in the organization that I worked in around that in a circle and then I would for each of those functions I'd be like what's their priority this year what is their biggest problem and I would try to draw a line between me and them in terms of how could I help and then I just work out which one to go after first and that would help me to grow my role it would help me to grow my impact it would help me to grow my influence so that would be a potentially useful if you're if you're a strategic relationship builder like me it might be a good one to think about
0: and I would say I've seen a few people that I've worked for take the approach that Helen described and it is very effective in growing your role because essentially what you're doing is you're not starting with you you're starting elsewhere and I think that's a really smart thing to do I think sometimes when you're talking about grow my role you get quite Meet oh, me, me, me and my yeah. role. Yeah. And I think sometimes I would be more like that. I would kind of start more with like, what would I enjoy? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think because I'm because my strengths are quite spiky and quite specific, I do sort of start with myself and sort of go from there. But I think this is, and I, that, that's not necessarily wrong, but I think this is a different way of looking at it. And also your organisation will really value that. And someone once said to me, you should always like run to the hard stuff that your organization's grappling with because that's the stuff that really matters to them that's really what's on their mind and so it's funny like so you you could argue I think growing your role is sort of is starting with well how do you grow your organization how do you grow your team and then think about okay well how could that help me grow too and it's a slightly different way around of approaching the problem I think
1: and hopefully you'll have heard just by Sarah and I talking these things through, you can do coach yourself questions on your own. They're just really useful for reflection. But I actually think they're even better if like in conversation. And it's not about having the right answer or the perfect one. It's just about using the questions as a bit of a prompt for your thinking and You'll have heard Sarah and I do it. Like I got to some new insights with Sarah than I probably would have done on my own. We'll put those questions, by the way, in the pod sheet, which will be on our website, amazingif.com, if you want to kind of have a look at those afterwards and, and spend some time thinking about them.
0: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact So now we've got three ideas for action which help you kind of move from sort of the reflection part that we just talked about to doing something different with your development so you actually actually grow your role. And these are all sort of tried and tested by Sarah (laughs) Sarah and me. Uh, So we've got some stories to bring them to life for you. So idea for action number one is a bit of a build on that last coach yourself question. It is to spot a problem and pitch an idea. This is different to spotting a problem and solving the problem. Let's explain why. So we've talked about spotting a problem. If you can spot problems that other people run away from and that you sort of put yourself forward for, that almost gives you a sort of a position of power because you know you're you're helping people and people are helping people. So spot a problem in your organization. Now, this could be maybe in your department, it could be outside of your department, but something that's not working as well as it should be. Rather than just solving that problem and saying, right, I'm gonna go do this pitch the idea so one way we could approach this is or here are three ways that I think we could address this issue that I've seen the reason you want to pitch an idea and not the solution is because it's a much better way to involve people so like if I say to Sarah oh Sarah I've spotted a problem the podcast isn't growing enough out of the UK what I think we should get on with is this then I'm basically telling Sarah what we should do. And she might be like, well, I've actually got some ideas and I'd like to talk about them a little bit more. And she's not sort of bought into solving it with me Whereas if I sort of share the problem I spotted with Sarah, some potential ideas, some things that I've seen other people do, and I ask for her perspective, that's a much better way to involve her, to create commitment, to create buy-in. So we're sort of solving it together and outside examples really help here as well. So if you're pitching an idea, sort of bringing some insight from outside your organization, I've seen this person has done this, or this company tried, this is a good way to not make this just sort of Helen's opinion, but a bit more objective. I've done this a few times when I was, I used to work for BP. And when I was in BP, I worked in sort of like the B2B marketing area of BP. And one of the things that I noticed that other organizations did is they they had like a more robust customer insight team, and we didn't. We had, we had a lot of opinions about what, what should be done, <laughs> but not a lot of insight that was based on the customers. And I spotted that problem, and it meant that, you know, it's very opinion-based decisions rather than objective-based decisions. And so I pitched this idea of having this sort of customer insight thought leadership team based on what I'd seen from kind of other companies. And I talked it through with the director at the time, not me saying this is what I definitely think we should do, but this is one approach that we could consider that might help us to solve this problem. And it meant that that my director was much more involved in that. They thought it was their idea too. And ultimately we kind of changed the way the team was structured as a result of that. And I did exactly the same thing at Virgin. I spotted a a problem with the, the commercials of a business that I was part of pitched an idea for what could be better, got a lot of people involved in that. So it definitely wasn't my brand new thing. It was something that other people were very involved in and would identify with as being sort of their their solution. And again, as a result, we changed how the team was structured. And my role grew in both of those. I ended up with new positions actually that were bigger and better as a result of spotting a problem and pitching an idea that other people were involved in sort of solving. And the one
0: thing we thought it's worth flagging here. This is something that takes time, so we're going to talk about a few different ideas. But this is one where it very rarely happens overnight or next week. You know, you don't you spot a problem and you're you're talking about ideas, you're involving other people. So just beware the sort of shiny idea that you're going to lose interest in. Mm -hmm. So you know, when you're like, oh, this might feel like a you know something that feels quite interesting for now. I think you've got to be prepared to sort of almost be called on it and be like, oh, okay, so well, how would you do this? Or how are you going to make this happen? Because you, you've sort of initiated it. So you definitely want to make sure it's something that you feel like you can stay committed to, albeit like we say, you, it's not necessarily all got to be you. But also knowing that you're like, firstly, um, both Helen's examples, you like, she did grow her role. It did work out. I can also definitely think of examples of taking this approach. And sometimes it doesn't work out. But actually, I think even the process, you grow your role through the process. So you don't, You know, like letting go of the answer equals growing your role. It's like, well, actually just even like learning to pitch an idea, how to involve other people, you'll increase your influence, you'll increase your impact. It might change the way you'd imagined. It might be something completely different. It might stay the same, but I rarely think you lose Mm. as a result of doing this.
1: I always think when I do it, I'm trying to catch energy. So I will spot the problem. I'll pitch the idea. And what I'm looking for is like someone to be like, yeah that's a great idea let's talk about that more mm. and so I can let I can let an idea go quite quickly if there's if I don't catch energy from other people yeah because, you do, I see that yeah well because to your point it's too hard to do this on your own yeah, 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 <laughs> this yeah. is really you need other people to want to be involved in order to keep it going and so yeah I think with the shiny we're all attracted to shiny things and you'll see stuff in other companies that you think is really cool but I think my top tip is when you're pitching the idea try to catch the energy and it was to help with the commitment bit So
0: idea for action number two is growing together. So again, I think we talked about you can be a bit too single-minded when you're potentially trying to grow your role and you just look at me and my role. I think it's a really good question to ask yourself, like who else might want to grow their role in either a similar way to you, so you could sort of grow together on the same thing, or who could you maybe work with to grow who's got complementary or distinctively different skills or strengths. So again, you'd sort of, you end up being better together. You're you're kind of better because of this. So Helen and I were thinking, well, we definitely grew ourselves when we started working together back in 2013, in the the heady days of 2013, (laughs) um, where we first started Amazing If. And that was us coming together with, you know, different strengths, but definitely some same beliefs and values about what we were trying to do it was so geeky
1: i just i like, you'll never forget like yeah, we used to spend our weekends together yeah. like mapping things out and like it's probably at
0: that point where you know you're at least doing something you enjoy when you're choosing to do it at your, week- your weekend, find
1: somebody who who has yeah. just got that same passion for the for, thing. Yeah, yeah, well, I think yeah. most people wouldn't consider post-it notes on walls and ideas at the weekend their idea of fun. But we were like, this is
0: great. I mean, we still message you other now, going, we wish we could do that. It's just that we, we have do. other commitments Gil- now, children. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Yeah, and you know, partners. But you know, the, the <laughs> I mean, le- we had partners. We then. had partners. We time. had the same it, partners. It, it, made, it made
1: no difference. <laughs> it's the children. That's true. It's, it's
0: all their fault. <laughs> And I think we were both reflecting on we grew as individuals through that process. But I also think I was better in my day job because I was doing that because I was stretching my strengths in new situations. I was creating new connections and networks that were then actually useful back in my job. So, you know, you don't it doesn't always have to be in your organization. But I can also think of an example of where you know I wasn't working in career development. I was working probably in content or marketing uh strategy at the time but i had a friend in that function who was also really interested in development and so we were like oh how could we support marketing as a function with everybody's development and we just started really small and we actually got some really good advice to start small from our director who we both worked with and she was like okay you're you're quite different but you've kind of both got this passion for development just start small show up, come up with some ideas, sort of get, get started essentially. So don't kind of overthink it or over design it. And we both definitely grew our roles from working together. You know, you're you're consistent. You also show up for each other. I think you end up with a bit of an accountability partner for growth because you're like, oh, well, I, I was sort of growing with her, but also I didn't want to not do the thing I'd said I was going to do. And it was also such a enjoyable thing because you have something that's just you look forward to, you uses your brain in a different way, but our beware or kind of watch out is that it doesn't distract you from your day job, depending on what it is. Because I think I definitely fell into this trap sometimes, probably because I enjoyed some of this yeah. stuff more than my day job. And you just have to figure out if this is how you're going to grow with someone else. If it can be part of your day job, I would say like even better. But all the examples I could think of, they were sort of often at the periphery of my day job. I still think it made me better at my day job, but there was always a bit of a risk for me. I was like, you know, in terms of like what you're prioritising, just check you're not kind of losing focus on what you really need to deliver to be amazing at your job.
1: And our third idea for action is that mutual work win so we were trying to think about when you're growing your role one of the ways that you can do that is by taking on additional responsibility and that could be from your manager it's kind of an obvious person to take on additional responsibility or it could be from a colleague like there could be you know something that a colleague's doing that you could spend some time on that could help you to kind of stretch and grow your role but we were thinking that if I just said to Sarah for example oh that thing that you're doing I'd like to do it now and Sarah (laughs) might be like ah I don't don't, I'm not sure I'm not sure I could just give you that or if I just said to Sarah oh um what could I do that would help you Sarah might be like oh I'm not sure It can sometimes feel a bit complicated like we tried this didn't we on each other we were like oh if you just said that it's quite hard to unpick sometimes what what would be helpful things that I do to give some to you that feels like oh I don't know I can't just I can't just give you finance because I do no, these you. things or, or whatever it is. It just, <laughs> um, it just, it's kind of hard to suddenly come up on the spot with something that you do that could help someone else's development. So we thought a better way to grow your role through taking on additional responsibility would be to first get closer to what someone does. So shadow someone who you think might have the potential to grow your role. So for example, I could say, oh. Sarah I'm really interested in learning a bit more about the work that you're doing on brand for example the next couple of meetings that you're in where you're talking about that could I just kind of listen and learn and as a result of kind of that listening and learning you don't even have to use the word shadowing if you feel like that's a bit like formal a bit formal you could just say I'd like to listen and learn a little bit more about what you're doing in that area can I join a few meetings? You're basically observing, that's what you're doing. And in that process of listening and observing, what you're doing is spotting opportunities for, oh, maybe if I took that bit on from Sarah, then I could A, save her time, so she's not having to do that thing, and it would help me to kind of grow my role too. I'd be doing something different, I'd be using my strengths in a different way. So then when I kind of explain that to Sarah, I'm not just saying, I want to do that thing that you do. What I'm saying is, having seen how you're doing your work I think one way I could help you is if I took that bit away it would be a great opportunity for me to stretch my strengths but it would give you that time back so you could do x y and z instead so you're creating a mutual work win but in order to do that credibly you're probably going to have to get closer to the work that someone's doing
0: yeah I really like this example because I feel like it's a very practical one that we can probably all do because you're not We're not talking here about like revolutionising your role or massively transforming it. You're probably talking about doing one specific thing that you don't do today, but that is going to help you grow. So that's, I think, the filter when you're looking at this is going, right, well, what's going to help me grow? Is it spending time with different parts of my company? Is it spending time on a different type of project? Is it spending time developing people in our team? And I don't do that today. You know, you're very clear about the, how is this going to help me grow? You can you can see that. But I think to be able to answer that question, that's where you sort of need the closeness because you're either like, oh, it's going to develop a skill that I want to make stronger. It's just going to give me access to something that I don't get today. As Helen said, we think there's definitely the watch out around the unhelpful offer of help. They're like, how can I, I help? Sarah? How can I help? And you're like, oh, that's I don't know. <laughs> really, that's quite tricky. So watch out for that. The other watch out here that we did want to mention is, you know, the kind of and it's always in kind of quote marks in my head whenever I think about this is oh this is a development opportunity Uh now we talk a lot about development being a really good thing but there is a difference I think between you know this is a mutual work win where we go everyone feels really good about this it it works for everybody versus I'm now just doing a job that it has more responsibilities that I'm not getting paid for and i think that's something different that often means you know much more time in those areas almost like your whole your whole job has grown almost simultaneously you've gone from doing one thing kind of situation a and it's now actually your do something so, so different. Counter to this,
1: go on because because Sarah and I oh, are going approach this quite. You would to know, be,
0: be careful. I, know, I would, I, I, would, I, would this, I would,
1: caution. This could be a good debate, everybody, because this is basically the territory of stretch roles, which I've done in a company, which is exactly what Sarah's saying. You're basically doing a job that is bigger than the one that you're being paid for, essentially. Yeah. And 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 how long you do that for can I think become an issue if you're not paid yeah. for the work that you're doing. However. I think I, strategic Helen, would probably say I'm going to grow my role so that it is fundamentally bigger and then I'm going to pitch for more pay. So I think I would use this as a way to argue my case for a higher salary. You know, I might be like, I'll pitch for more responsibility, I will do a good job there so then that becomes a fundamental part of my role and then having you know, that is now a part, of kind of an ongoing part of my job. I would then say well, my role over the last six to 12 months, my responsibilities are now include X, Y, and Z. And as a result, I'd like to, that to be reflected in my pay. I would probably use it strategically to ask more money.
0: Yes. I think I've just heard a lot of examples of people doing way more work than they are paid for. I think for. it's where
1: the direction of control is over yeah. this. So if you're feeling put on, oh, Sarah, can you just, could you just, and suddenly you're like, oh my God, I'm doing everybody's work and I'm not being paid or for any of it. Or yeah. you know, the whole like, oh, Greg it's, um, and... yeah,
0: I think, I think it depends how, like you said, how intentional it is, but also how explicit it is. And t- you've also talked about there about time bound. So I go, well, okay, if you've had a very open conversation with your manager that says, I am doing a bigger job. At the moment, I'm not getting paid for it. This is what it looks like. This is how long that feels okay for. And, and do you know what? at this moment basically this is not sustainable forever and I think if you have opted into that and actually to be honest like the thing I always say to people on this is like and it's written down I think often those things don't get written down and then things change and then you end up feeling like you're quite helpless and loss of control and you've probably given a lot but then you don't you know it's the give gain isn't it I think people often feel like they give a lot for a long time so I'm just always very aware of like I don't know people I suppose being rewarded for what they have given.
1: Yeah, intentional, explicit and time bound I think are kind of good yeah. good flags. I feel like now on another forward. podcast I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I'm like what you've basically <laughs> heard is how mine and Sarah's brains sort of work differently Different I'm like oh I do this Sarah's like oh I don't know a watch out there and then there's some kind of insight at the end of it so hopefully that was a little helpful a little helpful tangent. So we have covered three main ideas for action spot a problem, pitch an idea um, try to grow together and find the mutual work wins. We will summarise the how behind those ideas in the pod sheet but we hope that has been helpful and we hope you're up for growing your role this year let us know how you get on you can email us we love updates on how people are putting all this stuff into action Um, so you can email us just give us a bit of insight into your squiggly career story it's just helen and sarah at squigglycareers.com And if you've got any topics you'd like us to cover
0: or guests that you would particularly like to hear from, let us know as well because we always read all of those and it just helps us to make sure we're being as useful for you as we possibly can. But that's all for this week and for the start of 2024. We'll be back next week. Thanks again for listening and bye for now.
1: Bye, everyone. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes,